Hello everyone and welcome back to Always Discovering You. I am your host, Deja Zanders, and today is a very special day for me because we are going to talk about my standalone novel, Apartment 42, um, without spoilers. So you can totally listen to this and enjoy the book. I'm not going to give away the plot or anything like that, so we're all fine. But the reason I was so excited to talk about this wasn't necessarily because it's my writing, but because I really hope it is able to help people. So a lot of you who I have interactions with online, whether it's the tweets that you send me or private messages or emails from the blog, just just different platforms that I'm on, a lot of you are in places of discomfort. And I say that in the sense that a lot of you are figuring out who you are and who you want to be and what what life means to you and what your life means to you and how you want to create and, and develop different aspects of yourself in your life. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, I understand it's hard. It's very emotional and mentally draining. So I wanted to talk about the book because the book was actually created at a time when I was in that exact spot. Um, It was made in a time where I was severely depressed and my social anxiety had skyrocketed through the roof. So I wanted to sit and have a one-on-one conversation and just talk about it. And hopefully you'll find something from this. Hopefully by the end of this you find some motivation or inspiration or even just knowing that you're not alone. I think that is very important is for people to understand that they are not ever truly alone. Even if someone can't physically be with you, there's, there's someone out there in the world who understands a little bit of what you're feeling, um, if not fully. So get comfortable, relax. This will not be a super sad podcast. Don't worry. I'm not gonna, I have no intention on making anyone cry today. (laughs) Um, And yeah, thanks for hanging out with me. So, Apartment 42. I started it in May of 2017. Now, usually, when I want to write a story, it does not take me years to do it. Usually, I can finish... I can finish a story in anywhere from a few months to maybe a year max. But in this particular situation, it took me four years to get this novel to where it is now available worldwide on Amazon in physical and digital copies. And I am so grateful that it took me so long, which sounds crazy to a lot of people. Um, Don't get me wrong. I had some I had some moments where I was getting very impatient and tired and I didn't I almost wanted to just leave it but <clears throat> excuse me um but I'm really glad that I had the time to work on it and we'll just talk a little bit about why and how and how everything came to be so 2017 is marked as one of the darkest years of my mental health. Now, 
I have had on and off depression since I was 13 years old. I had to develop a lot of coping strategies at an early age. I had to learn to monitor my emotions at a pretty young age. Um, and then on top of it, I had social anxiety. Um, I could get through a lot of daily activities, but when it came to having to speak to other people or present um, information to the class, things like that, I would freak out. In fact, it was so bad that the first time I really had an anxiety attack, it was my freshman year of high school, and I was in geometry class, and I had to call my mother and explain to her that I am hyperventilating, I cannot breathe, I am freaking out, and I need to go home because I cannot complete the rest of my day. And my mother, I love my mother so much, she did not yell at me, she did not judge me, she was not upset, she was concerned, she was very worried, but, you know, I have to give her a lot of credit because she dropped everything she was doing at work, and she picked me up, and she took me home, and when I got home, I cried my eyes out, had a really good mental breakdown to myself, and... You know, we worked it out, but that pretty much has been, that was just something I, I grew up dealing with on and off was, okay, I'm depressed and I'm sad and I'm anxious all the time, but I'm going to put on a really good show and make it look like I'm put together. And that, that I did do. Um, and in some ways being able to present yourself in a way that tells people, you're okay and you're fine and you're high functioning and everything is going perfectly well. In a lot of ways, it's it's a good trait because you're able to remove your emotions and get what needs to be done, done. But speaking from experience, it does catch up to you. And all those years of me going to school smiling, being as kind as I could, um, which was genuine. I, I don't want to make it sound like it was fake. Um, my philosophy has always been, I know how terrible it is to feel alone and sad and worried. And so I try to be so kind to as many people as I can with appropriate boundaries. Now we love that I can set boundaries for myself. We all need to learn how to get there. Um, but I always tried to be kind because I knew how sad a person can feel inside, even if they're not presenting that sadness to the world. Um, so years of doing that really caught up to me in 2017. And something that really impacted my life was um, when I was 16, my father unexpectedly died. And my response and coping was to not feel the grieving process. I kind of put aside my emotions and said I would deal with them later because I still had two years of high school to finish and I had exams to do and I knew if I didn't push forward there would have been a possibility that I would have not completed high school. I'll just be really honest. I don't think, I think if I would have allowed myself 
to really feel all my emotional pain from my dad dying, that either two things would have happened. One, my grades would have been atrocious. Or two, I would have dropped out. And that just was not part of my plan, not part of my personal life plan. So I I knew I wanted to go to college. I knew I wanted to study clinical psychology and I knew I had to finish high school properly in order to then move onward to the other things I wanted to do. And I pushed myself. So when I finished my first semester of college, I, I guess my mind and body and everything said, okay, well, we finished the first semester of college. We adjusted perfectly fine to it. Our grades are great. So now we can break down because we know exactly what we're doing. We have more free time. And so you're safe that you're safe enough that when you're not in classes, you can cry your eyes out and scream and yell and panic. And that is exactly what ended up happening is for an entire year, my mother, my grandmother, my closest friends, and maybe extended family members, because really, I don't know how much my mom and grandmother were sharing with other family members. Um, So I don't know who knows what, but for an entire year, I was just a mess. I would cry. Sometimes I would cry myself to sleep. There were a lot of nights where I could not sleep at all. I got so socially anxious that I started developing very um, particular habits. So when I would park my car at the college, I would always have to park in the same parking space in the same parking lot. It did not matter how far I would have to walk from that parking lot to my class, I had to have that parking space because it it brought me a sense of comfort and security. And if I could not have that parking space, I would get very anxious for no reason. And I think what people have to understand with anxiety, especially, I feel like, I feel like our generation is a bit more open to talking about you know, mental health and different concerns and worries that previous generations didn't have open dialogue about. And I think what everyone needs to understand is anxiety is not logical. I deep down knew if I parked in a different parking space, nothing was going to happen. The world was not going to end. Everything would have been just fine. I knew that in, in deep down, I knew that, but anxiety doesn't want to listen to what is logical. And so I felt like I had to be in that same parking space. Um, it got to a point where if I would walk into a cafe or a restaurant, I started developing this habit where I would count my steps from the door up to the counter Um, And then from my counter to my seat, because it would give me, it was, it would give my mind something to focus on. It would distract me from having to think about, okay, I am about to speak to another person. I'm about to speak to someone I don't know. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I need to rehearse my order. 
I had to develop the strangest coping mechanisms and techniques just to get by. And, you know, my friends and my family were already aware that, okay, Deja has depressive episodes and she gets socially anxious, but they had never seen it get that bad. And it got to a point where my mother pretty much told me, I am going to give you a certain amount of time to try and figure something out because you usually always figure something out. But if you cannot figure something out, you need help, honey. And I am going to get you whatever help you need, even if you're angry at me. I I would rather you be angry and forgive me later than sit here and watch you just fall apart. And in all of that loneliness and sadness and pain and frustration, I ended up writing just like a, I think it was like a page and a half of all my problems. And it came down to defining that there were eight main issues in my life that I really needed to work on. And among those eight issues, all of a sudden I started creating eight characters. And this is why this was such a big deal for me. Um, I almost gave up writing. The one creative outlet I had that brought me so much happiness and gave me so much purpose and made me feel whole and made me feel in tune with who I truly am on the inside, I almost gave all of that up because I was so depressed that I just saw no joy in it. I, I didn't, I, I thought living was exhausting and I would have never done anything to myself. Um, I, I'm putting that out there now. It's not going to, we're not going down that type of dark road, but I just thought I, I wanted to live a normal existence. And by normal, I mean, I was totally prepared to just have the bare minimum. I was like, okay, I'm gonna get a good degree. I'll get a job. I'll get good money from that job. And I will just live. Eat, sleep, breathe, enjoy holidays, maybe see my friends, and that'll be it. Like, I had no passion in me anymore. So when I started looking at these eight problems of mine and started creating eight different characters for them, it was truly a breaking moment in my, in my depression and my social anxiety because now I had something to help me get through it and kind of sort it out. Um, I still am a firm believer in therapy. This is in no way me trying to tell anyone to ignore getting professional help in favor of keeping yourself busy. What I am saying, though, is sometimes you can take your pain and you can be productive with it and create something amazing that you can later share to the world. And that's exactly what Apartment 42 represents to me. It represents a comfort story. Because when I was writing it, 
Um, the first time I wrote the first draft, it was purely for me. And I knew it had to be per- purely for me at, at the beginning. Um, I knew I had to let out everything I was feeling and thinking. And then when I went to do the edits on it, that's when I started going, okay, how do I take all of this content and all of these feelings I've had and how do I rewrite this and create something that will be hopefully beneficial for other people who maybe feel the same way. And I truly am so, so proud of that novel because I feel it has the ability to be comfortable for healing. It is not incredibly sad. So by the time you finish it, you will not be worse than when you started. Um, But it's not cookie cutter either. I, I tried to make something that felt like all eight of the characters were people that you could very well meet in real life or people that you know in real life. They all have issues that are very understandable and represent different parts of myself um, and the people around us and the people we know. And I wanted to do it in a way that when you read it, if you decide to read it, um, you're able to laugh and you're able to feel safe and you're able to feel seen and heard. Um, but in a way that's, that's realistic. I I just wanted it to be a, a true book. I wanted diverse characters because I feel like real life there, or at least in real life, your friend group should be diverse. You should be able to say to yourself that you know people of different racial backgrounds, of different cultures, different religions. Um, that's just something I always grew up around. Uh, well, for starters, I'm a mixed child. For those of you who have never seen me or don't know me, uh, my mom is half Mexican, half white, and my dad is black. So my whole life, I was completely comfortable with being around different culture and learning about different elements of different people and belief systems and, and, and things like that. And then my friend group, my friend group is very much, um, diversified, you know, some, some of my friends, they, um, their parents were foreigners and they're first generation here. Um, others, they're different religious backgrounds than mine, different racial groups. And I'm, I feel like everyone should strive for that um, because you learn so much and you learn to respect the things that are different and you learn that we are more similar than we think. And I just wanted to create a book that had a diverse list of characters that had different perspectives on life because of their backgrounds and I wanted to do it in a way that was natural Uh, because another thing that I think we need to start having is when we talk about diversity, it feels like a lot of entertainment is now forcing diversity, not because they genuinely care 
but because they just feel like, oh, well, we need to have representation or else people are going to attack us. Well, uh, I just feel like if you're going to have diversity, have diversity because it's representative and true to real life, you know? And so I wanted to really be, I wanted everyone who was involved in the project to be aware that my characters are not defined by their race. They're not defined by their sexuality or their gender. That's not all they are. They are so much more. They have emotions. They have thoughts. They have opinions. Um, you know, they have activities and hobbies. And yes, you do have to bring in certain conversations about um, inequality, uh, gender, double standards and gender and like unfairness and things because it does shape a person's life. But I didn't want it to be the main focal point. I wanted it to be natural. We are always going to need stories about um, different experiences. Always. We will always need stories about what it's like to come out. We will always need stories about police brutality. We will always need stories about, like, all the phobias. Homophobia, Islamophobia, all of it. We will always need those stories. However, I think we also need to develop stories and shows and movies that show that we're all just people at the end of the day. And we all have things that we love and enjoy and we're not walking stereotypes and we're not, we're not here to check off a box of okay we did this thing so we're no longer problematic like no we're, we're living breathing people and we have a soul and we have a journey and we have a life and we have things that we want to share and so that was a big big goal of mine with this project as well was making sure I was creating characters that felt realistic and felt lovable and had flaws um because it's just, it's human. I wanted them to be people that readers could truly admire and learn from and latch on to and love. Because that's what I want people to do. I want people to have fun. Have fun with the book. If you cry at certain parts, that's okay. If you find yourself getting angry about um, whatever a character is going through, that is okay. If you're happy, laugh, smile, and I hope by the end of it, you feel so reassured and comfortable to start exploring your own adventure and your own journey. Um, I am so grateful that it took me four years to make the book. It took me one year to write it for myself. Year two, I was in a place of healing. 2018, I began my healing journey. So when I was rewriting it with other people in mind, I had a totally new perspective. And by the time 2019 and 2020 was here, I spent those two years really combing through the book and making sure that it was just right for everyone who would eventually read it. Um, and that's why it's so important to me, because it's not about me. It's about us as people. It's about eight unlikely individuals who would become an unlikely friend 
like friend group you know like they a lot of people would look at them and say I don't understand how these people can be friends and how this works and I wanted to make a book that showed true friendship being able to truly address your your likes your dislikes your problems learning how to create your boundaries and knowing that you're not alone and so I really hope apartment 42 is able to do that I hope you can learn how to take some of the darkest moments of your life and reflect learn from them and hopefully do something that will be productive for yourself and hopefully others. And yeah, I'm just I'm just so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy with how it turned out. Um it's right now it's only been out for one day, but the response has been very loving and supportive. I hope people continue to love and support it. I hope people have fun with it. Um I know on one of my was it my blogs or my Twitter? I don't even know. I was on one of my platforms. Oh, I just dropped my blanket. Oh, no. <laughs> one of my platforms, I was talking to um, a lot of you. And I was saying, hey, I really want... I really want you to make it your own. Because for four years, the eight of the characters have been mine. And I love them dearly. And I have a certain viewpoint of them. But now they belong to you. So if you want to make the fan art, make the fan art, write the fan fiction, make playlists, have discussions. You can message me even. Like I'm totally cool with getting um, DMs that talk about something I wrote, something that people loved, something that really resonated with them. I love it. That's, that's the whole point is if it can help you, if it can inspire you, motivate you, comfort you, um, get you to be creative, take your mind off of the daily stresses of life, or maybe it'll help you sort through some of your daily stresses of life, then I have done something that I always intended to do. So Apartment 42, it's available. It's out now. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'm so excited to start recording the holiday specials. <laughs> um, at the time of recording this, we are a few weeks away from December. And I love holiday time, uh, not necessarily just for Christmas. Uh, my friends have different holidays in that month as well, and they are gracious enough to let me celebrate them with them. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just, I'm in a good mood. I'm happy. And I hope, I hope you're having a beautiful day or beautiful night wherever you are. Thanks for hanging out with me and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.